Hi and welcome to Forest FM. I'm Killian Vina and today I'm joined with Zoe Below Springer and we're live from the summit. We're live from the summit. That's it. So it's the very first one. We've taken a break over the Christmas. We've talked about this was going to be our first one. <coughs> we're live. We're sitting in the corner just beside the stage. And we're trying to get it done nice and quick before everyone comes back exactly. in and thinks we're going to be the speakers. So um, I suppose over the last few months it's just been mental to hype for it and oh. now we're finally here and it's yeah. absolutely brilliant there's a packed out audience what's 350 something like that yeah, yeah I don't know if everybody turned out but there was a cre- like quite a good uh, attendance rate so yeah quite a good turnout we've yeah. got four great speakers today we have Richard Richard Mullinder we've Mary Portis then who's going to do a couch interview exactly then and we, this morning we had uh, Jill Morris as a first speaker and Jill Andy Morris. Bounds as our second speaker just before lunch break yeah yeah and we're actually going to catch Andy Bounds later on for a couple of minutes chat just to see how he went on stage and what he thought of the salon some of them exactly yeah um, so Jill was about uh, just like a quick recap on this morning basically um, Jill Morris was all about leadership and motivation and which is the theme of the summit this year yeah it's creating a team yeah. that like that's motivated and it doesn't care just about your like their job but about your salon and you know building it to a, and bringing it to a next level kind trying of to thing. motivate yeah. your staff to work better and how a you culture of initiative yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so been some great points on that um, then we have Andy Bounds best-selling author, author who helps people to communicate essentially yeah. so it's all about listening from the other person's perspective so it's not all about me 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 so how salon owners, they have their USBs and then they move on to the afters. And yeah. then later on today, we have, like we just said, we have Richard Mullinder, who is, now, it's, it's an odd one for a, <laughs> for a Hair and Beauty Summit. Yeah, everybody's have, excited for Everyone him. is excited, yeah. Now that's, like, everyone's <laughs> excited for everyone. But what's going on here is we have an ex-chief hostage negotiator who used to work with the Metro- Metropolitan Police. So I suppose everyone is right now thinking, going, what? Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, he's, um, his whole attitude is going to be the secrets of uh, effective listening. So the psychology of understanding and influencing people, because that was a big part of his role. Uh, yeah, with like body language and such and such. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I actually just caught him earlier on, and he was saying, like, in every hostage negotiation, there's always a guy standing in front of him. I just It's kind of irrelevant, but I just thought it was brilliant. But the guy in front of him always has the nose rope in his back. So we're saying if he turns around, he's got a whole jacket just full of notes. So we just, we're looking forward to hearing a bit more about that later on. And then we have... We Mary have Portis, end. but it's an interview, exactly. So yep. it's it's on the couch with Mary Portis is what it's called. And uh, basically, Jill Morris, our first speaker of the day, is going to interview um, our probably most uh, famous uh, speaker of the day. Uh, Queen of the shops. Queen of shops, exactly. Yep. Um, everybody's looking forward to her, actually. Um, so that's going to be quite interesting because it's not just going to be a talk. It's actually going to be an interview. Yeah by someone in the industry as well. Uh, I, I'm so. looking at her. I'm looking at her CV here, and it's unbelievable. Businesswoman, advertising exec, retail expert, government advisor, best-selling author, and so on. So oh, on. the like, list goes it, on. It's just there's so much information. Yeah, I can't see you're getting stuck on any questions here. And again, Jill Morris is going to be interviewing her, who is another fantastic speaker. Yeah. So Jill is going to get the most out of Mary with that one. Yeah. And then to cap it all off, we actually have um, we wanted it because this is our first episode after the Christmas. We have a blog that we're going to get Connor to go through, and it's all about how to easily uh, review the last 12 months of your salon marketing ideas. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we had that blog that blog post go out early January on the, on the way back to to work, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's all like it's all about like questions you should ask yourself and ask you know um, 
thinking about your business being like, okay, did I evaluate, like, how, how is my finances going? How's my efforts in marketing going? What can I do better? Why did, did this work and why did it work? And did this not work and yeah. why did it not work, you know? And like, it can be a scary thought, like everyone knows the end of the year, oh man, 12 months of review. Like, sometimes you're trying to think to yourself, what did we even do at certain stages? Yeah. But it's broken down into five key sections. Connor's gonna go through those later on. It's not that hard. It's a little scary until but you start it. Oh yeah, but it's yeah. definitely something you need to do. Oh. Like, 100%. It's so important. 100%. And that's why we're going to get the man himself to talk about it. Yeah. So um, so before we get into all of this, uh, we're actually going to walk around in the crowd and, you know, gather some, a little bit of feedback from, from our attendees and get you to have a feel of, of what the summit is in, in real life, you know? Yeah, because we just, they're out all out on lunch now and we just see them come back in. So we're going to grab a few before they get to sit down. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go. So, um, yeah, what, which salon are you from? So we're from Angel Salon Manager of French's Beauty Boutique in Edinburgh. Oh yeah? yeah. And who is, uh, I suppose, coming up to this? You would have known all the speakers and stuff. Yeah. Which speakers were you looking forward to most? Or? I mean, everyone's looking forward to sort of seeing yeah. the reporters. I think that's obviously everyone's highlight. However, uh, Andy was a huge surprise. I thought he was brilliant. And obviously I'd heard a lot about Jill through the years, so it was good to finally see her in person. Yeah, that's that's perfect. That is uh, like I told you, just three short questions. Lovely, <laughs> thank thanks. you. So, uh, what salon is from? Case Bar in Whiteley, UK. Case Bar in Whiteley, UK. Yeah. And when did you arrive over? Last night. Last night. You enjoyed it so far? Yes, very much. So, were you looking forward to any speakers in particular, or? I really enjoyed so far the two two speakers that were on this morning. They're, yeah. they're really right. good. Very enthusiastic. Yeah. And um, any highlights? Any highlights of the day? Meeting people, everybody. Being at the show. Yeah, the, the networking, the food, everything's great. That's perfect. Thank you. That's all. Cheers. Which salon is from? Uh, we're from Dangerfield and Keene in Harrogate, North Yorkshire. And you just arrived over yesterday, is it? We did, we flew in yesterday, yes. And how are you enjoying it so far? It's been really good. Yeah, really good. Really enjoyed it. Any speakers seem much better than... Uh, it's well put together, they're short, it's concise, yeah. you're not bored, you're not wondering where it's going, it's not rambling. They come out, they do their bit, they're done. And it's effective and to the point. Good. Really good. And who are you looking forward to hear the most? Or? We weren't necessarily looking forward to somebody the most, but of course the person you know most is going to be somebody from TV, but I had researched some of the names as the uh, information came out, mm -hmm. so I was looking forward to seeing each of the speakers. So I thought the first girl, Gillian, was great. Uh, the guy who's just been on was absolutely fantastic, yeah. effective, you know, to the point. He didn't faff about and he made everybody laugh, so he yeah. really engaged with everybody. But of course, Mary this afternoon is going to be interesting. Yeah. Let's hope she lives up to the hype. Amazing. Thanks that's so much. That's fantastic, guys. lads. Thanks a million. Okay. Enjoy. Okay. Have a good day. Which salon is from? Teamwork Hair Designers. Teamwork Hair Designers. And is it your first year here, is it? No, we came two years ago on the very first one, 2015. And how do you think about this event, this year's event, compared to the last one you were in? Well, I really enjoyed the last speaker. Really? That was a bit different, yeah. yeah. The one before was the standard marketing type. Yeah. Yeah. And this one's more the leadership. And this so. one, the one that we just had was coming at it from a bit more of a different perspective. And incidentally, I don't work in the salon. <laughs> I'm in IT. In IT. So were there any particular speakers that you were interested to hear about most? or? 
quite interested to hear what Mary Portis has got to say later. Yeah. Mary Portis is the big one, the case, Q, case really Q&A. Am, I was surprising that I enjoyed the last one very much as well. Oh, amazing. It was really interesting. It was amazing. Very good. Yeah. And just the last question, is there anything that uh, you stood out to your most or you've learned most today so Something far? Something you'll take away and yeah. bring back into the salon? Not learnt, but reinforced. You buy the hole, not the drill. Yeah. <laughs> There. That's Thank a good one. So That's much. perfect. Just short questions. Lovely. Thanks a million, guys. Yeah, and enjoy. Enjoy. So today we're joined by, with uh, Andy Bounds, and he's best-selling author who helps people to communicate from the other person's point of view, per se, isn't it? So we all know kind of like body language, eye contact, things like those. But today, then, you're kind of helping salon owners to listen to their clients a bit more. So just to start it off, if you want to give a little introduction about yourself. Yeah, sure. Thank you. So, as I say, my name is Andy. My job is to help people um, communicate better and sell more. Um, the most important thing with um, with that is the words that come out of your mouth when it matters. So sometimes we go into work thinking, today I'm going to be positive, and then a client annoys you, and all of a sudden you start being a bit grumpy to everybody else. So the key thing is every time you open your mouth, you've got to be good. And the best way to be good is to think what's critical to the other person and talk about that. So if someone's coming in for a beauty treatment, there's probably, say, two things are critical. One of them is their appearance, they want to look a certain way, and the other one is maintenance, they want to be able to maintain it themselves, they don't want to have to come back to you to do the hair again or whatever. So once you know that the, the appearance they want and the maintenance regime they want, it then becomes relatively straightforward for you to be able to provide a good service. And if you haven't asked them what's important to them, you'll say, same as last time then, is it? And you'll just do a basin haircut like I used to have when I was a small boy. <laughs> And that all comes back to, like, we know salon owners are all aware of their ultimate selling points and stuff like that. You got everyone to get up. It was very interactive. It was brilliant here. You got everyone to get up and go, all right, talk to your neighbor. What's your three USBs? But then another thing you talked about a lot was the afters. So that was kind of the new point then for salon owners. So I suppose you've got them in the door. You know what's attracting your clients. And now what can you do after that treatment? Yeah, that's right. Any business at all tends not to realize it. But actually, the reason people buy is not because of the business, it's because of the afters of it. In other words, why are you better off afterwards? So if you buy a website, you don't want the website actually, but after the website, hopefully you'll get more sales. So you don't want the website, you want sales. And after talking to a lawyer, nobody wants a lawyer, but after talking to one, you don't go to jail. And after talking to an accountant, you don't pay as much tax as you were going to. Well, after coming to a salon, something happens yep so they're not paying for the treatment they're paying for what the treatment gives them is it feelings of confidence is it looking better is it love on a friday night um <laughs> is it just to feel better about themselves like what is it so your key question is not tell me about the treatment the key question is how do you want to feel after this how do you want to look after this right okay well we'll get you there just getting that personalised aspect into it. Yeah, but talking about after the treatment, not just talking about the treatment. Yeah, and that's why we wanted to talk about it, because it was such a, like I said, they all know about their business, how to run the business, but then it's the afters, and everyone straight away was going, huh, what, essentially. Mm. So, um, there, was, there was actually a really good quote you pulled up there, I didn't get to catch who it was, but it was all about don't look towards inspiration, form yeah. habits instead. That's right. So there's a lady called Octavia Butler. This is my favorite business quote. Yeah. If you read any inspirational quotes book, she isn't in it because the first three words of the quote are, first forget inspiration. And what she's saying is, um, if you want to become better over time, her quote is, first forget inspiration, habits are more dependable, 
they sustain you whether you're inspired or not. Yeah. Which usually uses a lot of long words to say, inspiration's good because it kicks you off. Yeah. But how we behave all the time is based on the habits we're in. So I know people who lie in bed in the morning thinking, I feel a bit fat today, I won't be having a cake. And then they're in the habit of going to a cake shop on the way to the work and they still do it. Yes. Yeah. Um, or they go, yeah, but Sunday night's pizza night. There's nothing I can do. And you go, well, don't eat pizza then. You go, but it's Sunday. Yeah, so habits are the thing that drive everything. So if you want your salon to be more successful, you and your team have to get in different habits. Yeah. So have, get in the habit of saying different things to your clients, get in the habit of saying different things to each other. And if you do that, it automatically works. And that's why I loved it so much, because I suppose we're, with Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that, we're used to every second post nearly is an inspirational quote or motivation. And salon owners, I suppose, were thinking at the time, all right, well, how can I rev up the staff? But it's not all about inspiration and revving them up first thing on a Monday morning it's these habits so when they come in on the Monday morning they're already inspired themselves that's right and you need both I mean you you, yeah. you, you want inspiration but it's not enough on its own exactly. um, in, the simplest way to think about this is um, um, inspiration is short term habits are long term yeah yeah um, so you might watch one of these fitness videos and think I'm going to lose weight today um, but if you're in the habit of eating pizza that's very hard but you stop eating pizza it's easy it's a trap we all fall into oh well, absolutely <laughs> I'm off for a pizza when we finish this interview now <laughs> Listen, Andy, it was brilliant, and we got great laugh out of the audience here today because you actually got everyone up thinking about the box, joining the dots and stuff like that. It was very fun engagement, and it was a pleasure to listen to you. Thanks cool. a million. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. No worries. So now, as we move over from 2016 to 2017, one thing we want to go through is how can you actually review the last 12 months of your salon marketing efforts? So we have the man himself, Connor, in today to talk about five ways I suppose that you can kind of review how your marketing went last year and where you can learn from it and move on. So kind of what have we got here? Okay, so many different ways you can review your marketing. Um, obviously the way you review it comes down to what you actually did in 2016. Um, I suppose the first thing, um, even if you haven't done this in 2016, you should do it for 2017. The question, when it comes to marketing, people generally say, you know what, we should market our business to get more clients in, do this, this, X, Y, and Z. But you should always set out objectives, like what are the objectives of your marketing? It might be to attract more talent into your salon. There's a shortage of stylists at the moment. It might be to uh, get your existing clients back more often. It might be to sell more retail. So there's all these different types. And largely speaking, I find what happens in salons is they kind of do it campaign by campaign basis and they get to the end of the year and it's just marketing item after marketing item after marketing item as opposed to actually having a plan for the year and, and having an objective that they actually want to achieve. It's almost like ad hoc campaign here, campaign there, no real yes, structure around it. exactly. So in other words, oh, the diaries are quieter, we're down a bit in retail, let's do a campaign. Now, you should kind of be a bit agile when it comes to marketing too, that's fine. Um, so if you do have... You know, lots of lots of white space, or if you do have um, new products that you weren't expecting to have earlier in the year, of course you should market that. But there's, there's a couple of key ways and, and, and key things you can do. Um, again, coming back to your channels, so take something like social media. Um, you know, again, how many likes have you gotten on Facebook in the last while? I know that's what they call sometimes as a vanity metric. A vanity <laughs> metric. So likes itself doesn't tell you a whole ton. But if you go into insights, I mean, you see that your, your audience is engaged, that people are engaging with your content, that they're clicking on your images, and if you're noticing that you're getting more likes as well, then that's a, that's obviously a measure of that you have an engaged Facebook audience. Um, yeah, because we do hear about it, like you have some salon owners where you kind of have 5,000 people have liked the page, mm -hmm. but if there's only about 100 people actively engaging with your page, yeah. only those 100 people are going to see your content, Correct. not all 5,000. Correct. So that's why you be careful with those vanity metrics. Exactly, and the thing with Facebook is, is you, you almost have to pay in this day and age for a, a business account. Um, I'm not going to bore people, but the way Facebook is set up, um, 
Facebook say that they want to put more kind of pure content in people's feeds. Yeah. So in other words, if a business wants to actually interrupt someone's feed with their content, they kind of have to pay for it. It's going to cost them. Yeah, absolutely. So that's one thing. I mean, then there are two different levels. So you can go by channels. You can look at your social media. You can look at different things. The most successful way really uh, in a salon to see if your marketing is working is how many new clients did you get this year? How many referrals did you get? Did you get? How many exist? Ex- like, your existing clients are they coming back more often than they were the previous year yeah. um, are they spending more money so you should always have a goal I mean if so you retain, retention rate retention rate is, is a fantastic way for instance yeah um, and again you know we have philosophy at Forest from a marketing point of view that you should always focus on your existing clients uh, the most successful way of acquiring new clients is through referrals so in other words by focusing on that person in the chair or that person you have in the room um, that is the single best piece of marketing you can do ironically to attract new clients yeah, so in other words if you want new clients focus on your existing ones yeah because we hear time and time again it's like five to ten times as much just to get a new client yeah, yeah. and then we also hear about that you could have like the silent client so mm-hmm. the client is really really quiet but that person could be the one that's giving you ten new clients every time so right. always understand your clients as well absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. another little thing about uh, um, social media is actually uh, that's often overlooked is the online reputation yes like people kind of just don't know about it maybe I don't know like they're, they're not used to it um, how do you go about reviewing that for 2016 so, um, yeah well I mean there's a couple of different ways a lot of it unfortunately is quite manual so you have to go and, and, and search uh, search in your Google profiles and search if it depends on, on where you are if you're in the US you probably have a lot of reviews in Yelp for instance uh, or on Google and Facebook um, we are introducing something in 2017 very very shortly so keep an eye on your email that's going to do all that monitoring for you um, but yeah I mean what, what you're talking about to put a, a marketing jargon term on it is what's known as like a sentiment audit yeah. so in other words how are people talking about your salon you know what are is there any common uh, commonality in reviews um, like is there you know, j- just go back and read it, and, and it's yeah, kind of—it's kind of not a metric thing, okay? And, and we're actually Forrest will introduce something that will help you put a metric around it, which will be all based on, on automatically monitoring your, your your reviews. But the reality is, there's a lot of qualitative information there. In other words, like what are the nuggets within the reviews as well? So if you're hearing more people talk on, for instance, like Facebook reviews about a new product you have, or maybe they're talking about a new stylist that's in the salon. Um, then you might go well ironically again one of the best marketing things I could do is actually hire great people because they in themselves attract amazing new clients they in themselves actually raise the profile of the salon because they're so talented or maybe it's a new product you have so go back through your reviews I absolutely do that and you should be keeping an eye on them anyway um, yeah because people are often quick to uh, to type things they're a lot very direct online. matter yeah. yeah yeah keyboard warriors yeah. <laughs> yeah they'll tell you one thing in the salon but once you go online so like you do have to every couple of days actively search your salon on Google yeah. even go into New Incognito clear your history and see what people are saying because sure. what you see online is not what you're going to hear in the salon uh, correct correct and like I said we're going to be launching something that's really going to help you with that uh, I do that all for you automatically um, but it is something that you should keep an eye on uh, for, for definite so then we have the final one which I suppose is kind of the one that people dread most is the finance isn't it yeah like how do you review that like what are the key uh, apart from client retention right, right like what what would be other key metrics to to actually have a you know take time and review 2016 yeah I mean there's different different like metrics around this and again I suppose from a marketing point of view it's kind of, kind of like more business goal than I suppose mm-hmm. than a marketing one in some aspects yeah um, I mean look your, your average spend is a huge one I mean if you can run a report you can for for instance see what the average spend your clients are 
if you increase that, if you increase the average spend of every client by probably something like two, three pounds, two, three euros, whatever, a year, every single year consistently, um, or get them to like maybe increase by more by 10 or whatever, that would have a phenomenal effect. You can oh, imagine, yeah, like, like, yeah. I mean, thousands yeah. of appointments multiplied by three or four uh, pounds is, is thousands of pounds. So rather than trying to chase new clients and try and get them back using things like the tree card, using things like a good loyalty program and increasing the average spend by even just a small little amount across lots of clients, they won't feel it. They'll want to spend and remember, it's not, it's okay to ask for more money because the more money somebody spends in your salon, chances are they feel like they're committing more to it so they'll have a better experience and they're handing over the money to you. They're hard-earned cash so they obviously are putting a value on this. So it's, it's actually, it, it, it kind of goes like people are always like, you know, they spend a lot of money with this anyway and I don't want to do this but in reality, uh, just give them something that's so valuable, a new product, introduce them to a new service, do something that makes them actually want to come back and, and spend more and I think that is average spend is one of the biggest finance metrics for me and um, you've other things then too of course like overheads and, and stuff yeah. but I mean that it's, it's very hard to get into that on the podcast today because it's just it's so much stuff. Yeah. yeah there's so much in it but from a marketing point of view I think average spend is really really important uh, percentage retail as well and um, so the percentage of your overall turnover what percentage of that is revenue sorry is retail versus services mm-hmm. yeah. so we would find in you know Probably in your average salon, honestly, some salons are probably like two, three, four percent of, of revenue is, is retailing, um, and that's very low. And the reality is, is, like the beauty of retail is, you can if you can sell more retail, it doesn't require you to keep adding staff. Yeah. So if you want to sell, if you want to add a hundred thousand pounds more services next year, you probably have to hire to do that. I mean, two, you know, one person can't treat two people at the one time. Yeah. They can't uh, stall two people at the one time. So, so by again, selling more expense, that coming in again. Exactly, exactly. Now it's worth doing. Don't get me wrong to expand, but retail is a great opportunity uh, to, to try and like scale without scaling your costs too much. And that's what Mary Porter said at the Salon Summit: is that don't be afraid to upsell the products because that's where you're going to get that little margin there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Prod presents a massive, massive opportunity, uh, and I think Andy Balance, uh, I think it was Andy Balance said yeah, at, at the salon or summit, you know, you're not up selling, you're up helping. Yeah. Uh, you ask the right question, so they don't care. I hate to say it, they don't care about the salon. I mean, they probably like the coin and they enjoy it. Oh, of course. But ultimately, yeah. they're coming for one reason, um, and whatever that reason is, is it to look good, to feel great, whatever it may be. Um, so if you introduce something to them, ask the right questions, uh, that's a, a really, really great uh, opportunity to, to scale and yeah. to sell more. So what I would say is, I think, like I said, the two most important, from marketing's perspective, really are truly are, what's your average spend and, and like really how much retail are you getting out? Uh, they will be two big ones. If you can kind of nail those uh, and increase them year on year on year, well, then you're doing, you're doing something right. And again, they're easy to find in the forest system, it does it for you. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, one other one that I, I always find very, very interesting as well, and it's, it's kind of more customer service than a marketing thing, is requests. So who's the most likely to check on your requests um, your, your team are getting? Mm-hmm. So let's take Zoe here, for instance. So if myself and Zoe are two stylists, um, yeah. you could look at us on paper, and we might cut the exact same amount of people every, um, every week. We might... Um, on paper look like we're bringing in roughly the same money but sometimes what we find is oh, I shouldn't say on paper on software it looks like we're bringing <laughs> the same money but um, in reality what might be actually happening is you're such a requested person that I'm getting your overflow so in other words you ha- can't service all the people that want you uh, and, and okay, I'm taking yeah, your overflow yeah, yeah. so if you're to look at the amounts it go well they're, they're on par with each other but in actual but fact in reality, you are I 10 could, times more valuable yeah. to the business because you are actually the one bringing them in so a, a really good metric to look at is, is requests as well and, and again it's kind of like I suppose slightly more business customer service metric than a marketing metric 
but ultimately Seth Godin says you know everything you do is marketing so if um, if somebody's bringing in all these people from a marketing point of view how can you like what is it what, what are they doing that makes people want to come back to them and I can guarantee you a part of it is their their, their skill but I can guarantee it's, it's, it's beyond that it's customer service the magic touch and how can you transfer that further to other therapists and other stylists you know and again that was Andy Barnes is not just what's your USP to sell on what's getting people in it's what's the afters what's making yeah. people come back exactly that, that request is a good one like you were saying if you have two of them it looks like they're equal but you wouldn't have actually thought it is just one person's overspill yes yeah now I mean that's probably I'm probably exaggerating slightly I mean they would have their own requests as well of course and everything yeah. it's, not, it's not that one yeah. person's told to get stuff to keep in mind absolutely yeah. Yeah. And, and then how do you replicate what does that person do that, that everybody else can learn from. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that sums it up for uh, for twenty well, reviewing twenty sixteen. Um, and you know, like now after all these talks that we've had uh, today, you, know, you should be uh, you should be well inspired for twenty seventeen, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Salam summit twenty seventeen. There you go. So, Alex Ronan, give it to us. Um. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm, uh, I wrecked. That was, a, it was an amazing day. Um, I think, like, just, I was, just as I was saying there, up on stage a few minutes ago, uh, there's kind of common theme that I, I, I took from all the speakers. They, they were kind of some of the stuff they were saying was the same, but they were saying it in a different way, and it was great when people say stuff in a different way because sometimes it doesn't sink in until it's. You have to hear it. You know, yeah, you said a few times in different ways, and then it really sits in. But the big thing, so the big theme I got from it. I mean, obviously the theme of the summit was staff motivation, but um, Jill, who is a, is an expert in in or Jill Morris, uh, for some of you who may not know her, she's an expert for helping beauty salons with their t- building their teams, and, and she was saying, you know, one of the keys is what are you doing to ensure that person who works for you is developing to the next stage. It's not about you going to the next stage, it's about them going to the next stage. And if they go to the next stage, then you go to the next stage. And that's such a true point. And, uh, and then Andy Barnes, who's, a, who's an expert in communication, and he wrote a book called The Jelly Effect, which is quite well known. He actually said the exact same thing in a totally different way. He, Andy has this idea of, of afters, that basically people don't, people don't want the thing. Like, they don't want say the fancy car they actually want what the fancy car means so like it means I'm rich and I'm doing really well and I want people to know I'm doing really well that's what people that's why people want that thing so it's like what the staff members or team players in your team what's the afters for them like what is it that working for you will mean for them like do you know what I mean that I worked for beauty salon X and therefore I'm, a, I'm the you know, one of the best trained therapists and facials there is. And therefore, like, so you, you need to understand what that is and make sure that's happening. And it's the same as what Jill was saying. It's like, you're taking them to the next stage and that's really what you're doing. People want to know they can have a career where they can develop and not just do the same things over and over again. Exactly. And once you get, if you can understand what that is, then you then you have it. And that was kind of led on to the, the third guy, which is a guy called Richard Mullinder, who's who used to be the chief hostage negotiator for the Metropolitan Police, which everyone in the summit there was like, what the hell is this, like, you know, compared to in salons, what is it, you know, how does it apply? And it applies absolutely perfectly, and I, I think some people really got that, and other people, I think, would, it might take them a while to actually understand that, because, like, basically, he, he explained that the art of communication is listening, it's not speaking, and actually nobody listens. 
very well at all. And he had to listen because he'd have a guy with a gun against his wife's head or something and he'd have to talk them down. And he'd have to listen to what the problem was. And again, it was kind of like an after. What the guy was saying isn't actually what the problem was. It's what that meant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and he had a really cool yeah. example at some yeah. point where he said, think about the, the best boss you've ever worked for and why that, that was it. Yeah. And... Like ha- and that he was having this other person try to figure out what that meant to that person who said that, and it was true. Like I made the exercise just with myself, thinking about, okay, who, like who did did I really appreciate as a boss in, in my past, oh, no, yeah, in <laughs> <laughs> all my past experiences, and like what does that reflect on me? Like what what does that mean to me? And yeah. what do I project? What do I need in in work? Like. Do, do you need do you need uh, recognition? Do you prefer uh, you know autonomy or yeah, leadership exactly, yeah. and stuff like that? So and true. it was really interesting. I actually thought because he did a lot of uh, a lot of examples, and I thought one of the best ones was when he was getting me to sit there and not ask a question. So you've to have one person talking to you, and you have to do the whole repeating back. Oh yeah, oh ah, uh, oh yeah. Tell me more. yeah. But you couldn't ask a question. And everyone's so sitting hard. there thinking, yeah, like we all thought it would be really easy, but then we're sitting there and we're dying to ask that question because we wanted them to develop on a tailor towards you. So and you can see how really that applies in a meet. Like if I'm doing a one-on-one with someone, how do you, how do you get on this year? How you know? What are you looking to do in the future? And I keep asking questions, mm. and you keep changing the subject on them, like letting somebody actually explain themselves uh, what they want to do. Do you know what I mean? Like so, like where do they want to go with your career? And I'm putting that thought in their head by saying, Yeah, you know, Whereas, do you want to? You know, do you want to be? You know, do you want to? Do you want to have this job title? Whatever it is, without actually letting them explain. Yeah, and you're Rambo, he was saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I think it's, so it's like you're, uh, he teaches you how to listen to Andy is telling you what you should be listening for mm-hmm. and then Jill was just saying you know, about how it's all about developing it. It's all the same thing. And then Mary Porter said exactly the same thing as well because she just said you need to empower your staff by giving them responsibility. So it was, it was, it was really cool. And I think the important thing is to remember it's obviously not necessarily just about getting your staff to the next level so they can move on and go somewhere else. It's important to remember that it's about developing your staff so they can be the best that they can be, so your business, so your salon can be the best it can be, and uh, therefore you can be the best salon owner that you can be. So it's it's literally kind of for, uh, about building from the ground up, I suppose. So I remember Jill's this morning, they, uh, pretty much one of the first things she said is, she came across someone who said they didn't believe in training and they couldn't get over them why their staff was still leaving every three months because they were going, why would I invest all this training just for my staff member to leave? And then they're going, but they're leaving anyway because they're yeah, not getting they're trained. Doing the training. Yeah, yeah, so so they're not, yeah, yeah. You've got to provide value to your staff as well. I like the thing about the millennials. Like the, the other, I love that question about the millennials at the end. And I just because I, uh, I a lot of salon owners say that they find basically people who are over 30 are really they find it really hard to motivate them. Yeah. And uh, I just think that all those things that were said there is the key to motivating anybody, whatever generation they are. And I, I, I think that was why it was really good. Like if you give somebody purpose, give. Them listen to what they are looking for and then give them the chance to achieve that like anybody's going to be you know going to really be motivated you know what I mean like whatever age they are particularly if you're young you're 21 or 2 so I thought that was great to have you know that's the key guys don't get hung up on you know young people are 
I think it's nothing to do with necessarily the generation as it is. It's just um, young people need leadership, young people need direction, and they need definitely need training. They won't know everything just by themselves, and it's a competitive industry. There's a lot of um, you know, there's a lot of places, there's a lot of different information, there's social media now as well. So it's definitely, I think, um, if you are a strong um, leader in your business and you can give them direction, I think that's all they need, direction and motivation. And it still comes back to the hiring as well. You're, you're going to want to hire someone who's motivated because people are just starting to move towards, I suppose, hiring people as opposed to hiring skills. Because it's easier to teach someone skills than teach them personality, really. And you want to make sure you're able to work with them. So why would you hire someone that's really, really good that you're never, ever going to be able to get on with? So overall, Alex, how do you feel about today? Well, after all those months months of planning. No, I think uh, I'm absolutely chuffed and I'm so delighted to see that so many people enjoyed the day. And... Um, there are so many people um, that are kind of summit uh, old timers that have been uh, with us from the very first event and um, they still love it, they still enjoy it and they were asking me about uh, 2018 so... so Most of them said it was the best one. Exactly, it, it definitely felt like the best summit we've had and uh, no, I'm absolutely delighted and I'm, I just hope that everybody had a, had a great time. Well, it was mine and Zoe's first one, and we thought it was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> can't yeah. wait for next year already. I can't and wait for the after party. Yeah. Yeah. The really, really like positive thing. Oh, yeah, so one of the really positive things, just the, f- the final thing that I thought would take the whole thing is that the, this industry has a huge future, and I think that was the thing that a lot of industries are really worried today with, like, AI and disruption on the internet. And actually, the salon industry has such a huge future because the world is moving to experiences, and the salons deliver experiences every day, so that, that's really cool. It's I think not for something you yeah, can ever move it's a great on. end. I don't yeah. End of yeah, I think we'll end it on that note because I'm looking around here and everyone is just dying to go for a drink. <laughs> 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 All right, thank, thanks so much, guys. Thank today. you. From the Salon Summit, all the best. <laughs>